I, uh, I want to take you to the word of the Lord today. Uh, you won't hear anything fancy today. You won't hear anything you haven't heard before. You will, you will just hear the heart of God today because I believe this is what God wants to say. In the middle of a busy, busy time of the year, I want to bring you to the sobering thought today. And this would be it. Don't forget. Everybody say this with me. Don't forget the end result. It's my sermon today. You may be seated. I picked up Facebook the other day, and some things on Facebook are good. Sometimes it's too Facebook. But I picked up something, and I read it. And it made an impression on me. And it's from a friend who sits in this congregation today. And this is what he said. A hundred years from now, it will not matter what my bank account was, the sort of house that I lived in, or the kind of car I drove. But the world may be different because I was important in the life of my daughter. Orkan wrote that, and I, I read it, and, and I, I reread it, and I've read it several times since, because what a powerful statement, Orkan, that was. And even before I read it, my mind had, had gone over and over to the final results of our life, the final results, because that's what really matters. It's not about how we got here today. It's not about what you drove up in this parking lot in. It's not about what kind of clothes you have on today. It's not even about the house that you live in or the money that you make or how big or small your bank account is. It's not what it's all about. The bottom line is the end results. I read a scripture and memorized it when I first started preaching, but it's a very powerful, powerful scripture. It's, it's not hard to understand. I went back today and, and read it again this early, early this morning after I'd had some time with God in prayer, and these script, this scripture kept coming to my mind. And so I just went back, not only read that scripture, but I, I began to read that chapter, Romans chapter 6. And the very last verse the very last verse, when Paul talked about us being slaves and servants to righteousness, then we do good. If we're slaves or servants to sin and unrighteousness, we do bad. But he ended the chapter with this simple verse in the 23rd verse of Romans 6. And he said this, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life, through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Could I tell you, first of all, today that we are people that operate mostly in the temporary. We do everything for the right now. We like to make sure it's done now, and we want it now. And we are sometimes possessed with the now. It's the now generation. They don't want to wait on anything. Matter of a fact, 
we've raised up a generation that you think at 30, you ought to have what we've got at 65, and it ain't going to happen in most cases. The facts are there are things in this world that we all desire and we want, and they become a part of what we strive for. But I want to tell you today, and I want you to hear me well, everything you see this morning, everything you can lay your hands on, everything you own, everything you possess is temporary. It's not going to be here forever. It's only here for a little while. These are not new thoughts, and this is not a new message today, but it is a timely message. We are, we are entering into the busiest and have been entered in into the busiest time of the year through Thanksgiving and Christmas. I don't, I don't know where everybody hides their car January through about the middle of November, but they all go get them. And they put them on the highway from about the middle of November and they all gather up at this red light at the end of the road. I told my wife the other day, I said, where are all these people in February? Where's these folks at in June? I've never seen the light. She said, well, people are, people are shopping and they're moving about. And, and it is, it's a very busy time. But I don't want you to get so caught up with the temporary that you forget the eternal. Because the things that are temporary are exactly that. They're temporary. And that's why the Bible calls them temporal. They're here for only a time. Paul said to the church at Corinth in 2 Corinthians 4, in verse 18, he said, While we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen, for the things which are seen, he said, are temporal. What you're looking at is not going to be here forever. What you're looking at today is going to all fade away. What you're looking at will, will someday just be history and it will be gone. No building will stand forever. Nothing that you do will stand forever. Nothing that you create or man creates will stand forever. It is only temporary. That's why he said in the remainder of that verse, but the things which are not seen are eternal. Ladies and gentlemen, if you're going to build a house, build an eternal house. If you're going to build something that will last, build it on eternity. How long has it been since you considered Eternity. You're right, Orkan. You're very right. It doesn't matter the car. It doesn't matter the house. It doesn't matter the things that we put so much value on in our personal lives. That does matter. Your daughter does matter. And furthermore, I want to take it a little further. Your soul matters. Your soul is what is eternal. It's going to live forever somewhere. There is in our world 
so much, so much making us believe that what we can gather up in our world and attain in our lives, that that will bring satisfaction and that will bring success. No, 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 no. What brings success is when you stand before God and he has to judge every one of us and we hear him say, well done thou good and faithful servant. I want to tell you that would mean more to me than the biggest house I could build, than the greatest bank account I could attain. I want to hear him say, well done. Well done. Don't forget the final results. It's going to matter. It's going to matter more than I can tell you today. Sin, sin will always without a doubt, wind up in death. That's why Paul said the payment or the wages of sin is death. James said it this way. He said, when lust hath conceived, it bringeth forth sin. And sin, when it is finished, brings forth death. It is the payment that you will pay for unrepented of sin. It is sin that has not been covered by the blood of Jesus Christ. It is sin that has not been confessed before the throne of God. I don't know about you, but I know that I am a sinner by nature, but I am so glad to know that I can kneel on my knees and say, God, would you forgive me? And Lord, would you cover my sins today? And I do not have to die the death that sin will bring. Now let me preach to you a little bit today. This is simple stuff, but sin brings natural death. Some things will kill you. Amen? When they, when they tell you how good the nicotine is, they don't show you the cancer ward. When they tell you how great the alcohol is and how it'll make you feel, they don't show you somebody with an oxygen tip that can't breathe because they have cirrhosis of the liver. This is just good old common preaching today. They don't show you the rest of the story. They don't tell you the whole story. But let me tell you about sin. It can kill naturally. But it goes further. And I believe what the Bible said, that the wages of sin is death. Because let me tell you something, honey. When they roll you down this aisle, if this is where you have your funeral, and they park you right here, and you have no more say, it doesn't matter what I say over you. It doesn't matter how much we cry over you. It doesn't matter how many good things are said when people pass by to look at you the last time. What matters is, is the life that you live. Because as the tree falleth, so shall it lie. And I'm to preach to you now that that death is nothing compared to another death. Come on now. See, I, I'm not here today to entertain you. I'm here to stir your thinking. Here, here's the way we got here, okay? Here's how we got to where we are. Way back in the book of beginnings, in the book of Genesis, the Bible said Jesus or, or God spoke 
pardon me, to, to Adam and Eve in the garden. He said, but the tree of the knowledge of good and evil thou shalt not eat of it. For in the day that thou eatest thereof, thou shalt surely die. Does anybody know what happened in the Garden of Eden? The serpent came, beguiled Eve. He convinced Adam. Adam and Eve partook of the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. They were driven from the garden and cherubims were placed at the gate with flaming swords. They could never come back into the Garden of Eden. And it was because of sin that men began to die. Death came by sin. That's scriptural. Romans 5, 12 said, Wherefore, as by one man, sin entered into the world, and death by sin. There was no death before Adam and Eve sinned. There would have been no death if Adam and Eve hadn't sinned. But because they sinned, there came death to the human race. Now, that is a terrible thing. Nobody likes to talk about death. Nobody wants to face death. Nobody wants a family member to die. My dad, God rest his soul, he used to say this all the time. He said, dying wouldn't be so bad if you didn't have to stay dead so long. Did he say that a few times, Mom? But you know what? Death is an ugly thing. Death is an invasive thing. Death, when the hand of death reaches down and touches your family. And, and you know what? Christians die and non-Christians die. Men die and women die and babies die and young people die and old folks die because death is a part of life. It was issued to us through sin in the Garden of Eden. And because Adam and Eve sinned, the Bible said, death came by sin. And sin came by man. So here's what I've come to preach to you. That is not the worst of, of, of all things. We're all going to die. You might as well pinch yourself today and understand that you're living in a real world. You're going to die. I wish I could tell you we're all going to live forever. But you're going to die. Some of us will die at one time, some at another, some may live longer, some, but we're going to die. Unless Jesus comes for the church, you're going to die. You cannot live forever. That death is one to prepare for because when that death comes, uh, there is no more prayer meetings, there's no more song services, there's no more preaching, there's no more altar calls, there's no more worship. There, when that death comes, death is final and you have, you have said your final say, you signed off on life and you've gone on to your reward. Here's the death I wanna talk about. Revelations chapter 20. I'm going to give you some word today. Blessed and holy is he that hath part in the first resurrection. On such the second death has no power. But they shall be priests of God and of Christ and shall reign with him for a thousand years. The second death. Somebody in this room shout the second death. We better get ready for the first death because you don't want to die the second death. You say, I didn't know he's going to die twice. Yeah, there's a second death. Here's what it is. Revelations 20, verse 11. 
and I saw a great white throne and him that sat on it from whose faith the earth and the heaven fled away and there was found no place for them and I saw the dead small and great stand before God and the books were open and another book was open which is the book of life and the dead were judged out of those things which were written in the books according to their works. And the sea gave up the dead which were in it. And death and hell delivered up the dead which were in them. And they were judged every man according to their works. And death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. The second death, ladies and gentlemen, is when you are separated from God for eternity. When there is no more hope. When you are cast into the lake of fire. And whosoever, the Bible said in verse 15, was not found written in the book of life, was cast into the lake of fire. I've preached it before, I'll preach it again. When you're born one time, inevitably you will die two times. But when you are born two times, you don't have to die but one time. Hallelujah. You don't have to go to hell. You don't have to go to the lake of fire. You don't have to suffer the second death. I've come to preach to you this morning. You better consider the final results. I'll tell you what I'd do. I'd shell out every dollar. I'd give my last crying dime to miss hell. I'd do whatever I had to do to be saved. You don't want to go to the second death. Revelation 21 verse 7. He that overcometh shall inherit all things. This is what God said. And I will be his God and he shall be my son. But but he said the fearful and the unbelieving and the abominable and murderers and whoremongers and saucers and idolaters and all liars shall have their part in the lake which burneth with fire and brimstone, which is, I want you to see it, which is the second death. I'm here to preach about the second death today. I want you to understand that it doesn't matter how good you are. It doesn't matter. Cornelius was a good man, but he needed God. It doesn't matter how much money you've given. I want to tell you, you still have to be born again. It doesn't matter if you sweep the aisles of the church every week. You still have to be born again. You still have to get what it takes to be saved. And Jesus said, except a man is born of the water and of the spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. I'm preaching to you on this morning. You better consider the final results. It's more important than anything you could think about today. Christmas, come and go. Thanksgiving, come and go. All the gifts you get, Get them good deal and have a great time with your family. Eat a lot of turkey and grill your steak. But in the meantime, don't you forget that the final results of life are coming up soon and you don't want to live through the second death. Not too popular for December preaching. But real true. Here's what he said one more time in Revelations 2. Fear none of those things. Verse 10. 
Fear none of those things which thou shalt suffer. Behold, the devil shall cast some of you into prison that ye may be tried. And ye shall have tribulation ten days. Be, be thou faithful unto death. And the Lord said, Jesus said, it's in red in my Bible. And I will give thee a crown of life. He that hath an ear, verse 11, let him hear what the Spirit said in the churches. He that overcometh, he that overcometh shall not be hurt of the second death. Now, I can't answer for you, but I'm talking about me this morning. I want to be an overcomer. I want to know the gift of God. I want to know about eternal life. Because you see, honey, the final results are this. It's either the second death at a lake of fire and brimstone and eternity without God. Or the other side of the coin is that you can fall before him and become a child of God and receive gift, the gift of eternal life. He said, for the wages of sin is death. That's what you're going to pay when you don't repent. But when you come to Jesus, Jesus, and you get born of water and spirit, I want to tell you, you get a promise of a gift, a gift that is more precious than anything that I can tell you today because you may roll up here and die. Look, my old daddy's dead. He died at 82. He's buried out here in Mulhern Cemetery. But one of these days, the ground is going to burst asunder and he's coming out of there. TF10 is dead Andrea but one of these days it's not going to be the second death. It's going to be life eternal. Hallelujah I've come to preach to you. We got to get cognizant of the fact that the final results is the most important thing today. Know ye not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God? Be not deceived, neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminate, nor abusers of themselves with mankind, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners shall inherit the kingdom of God. And Paul said, had such were some of you, but ye are washed and ye are sanctified and ye are justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the spirit of our God. That's the way you get the gift of eternal life. Hallelujah. Oh, Jesus. I, I, I'm not worried about dying in this old world. If I die, so be it. But I don't want to go to that second death. I want to stand before the Lord. I want to hear him say, well done. I want to know that I've made it. I want to plant my feet on streets of gold. My eyes want to behold walls of jasper and gates of pearl. Never another hearse. Never another cemetery. Never another hospital. Never another tear shed. Uh, you make your choice today. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord because the final results is what it's all about. Here's what John said. 1 John 2, 25. And this is the promise that he hath promised us. This is the promise 
that he hath promised us even eternal life. Don't live for the temporary. Live for the end results. That's what Jesus with his teaching said. Lay not up yourselves treasures on this earth where moth and rust doth corrupt and thieves break through and steal. Don't live for that. Don't just live to be rich. You've heard me say this before. You don't see hearses pulling U-Hauls. You can't take that stuff with you. I don't care how much money you acquire. I don't care how many things you acquire. I don't care how popular you are. It doesn't matter. Because when you die, all that's going to matter is your relationship with God. You believe what I'm preaching today? That's why it would behoove us to stop and do a little thinking about where we go every day, how we live every day, what we say every day, the people we associate with, the places that we associate with. It would behoove us to stop and say, is this where I really need to be? Because ladies and gentlemen, you gotta live a life that is conducive to living for God. That, that will per, per, present yourself before God as one that is a repentant man or a repentant woman that lives a repentant lifestyle. That every time you fall, you get up. Every time you make a mistake, you say, uh-uh, devil, you're not getting the best of me. Look, I'll, I'll admit it to you. There's times that I stumble. You may knock me down, but you ain't gonna knock me out. You're not gonna take me down. I refuse to die the second death. I'm gonna stand before God every morning and say, God, I want you to wash this old boy up. I want you to cleanse me. I want you to wash me with your blood. I plead the blood. You know what I said to him this morning? I plead the blood. I plead the blood over my house. I plead the blood over my family. I plead the blood. How long has it been since you walked through your house saying, I plead the blood of Jesus. I'm asking you to cover us, oh Lord. I'm asking you to forgive us, oh Lord. Because how much money I make today is not really important. And the car that I'm about to get in is not really what it's all about. This life is a dressing room for another world. And you better be cognizant of the final result. I'm preaching my heart today. So I said, well, you got to be poor to be saved. That's, that's hogwash. God wants you to prosper and have good health. That's what he wants. You don't have to be poor. But let me tell you something. It'd be better to be poor than to be lost. Anybody with me today? It'd be better that you you pluck your eyeball out or you cut your arm off. He said it, it, it'd be better that if your eye offend you, pluck it out. It'd be better that you make it to heaven without an eye than to go to hell with your eye. It'd be better if your hand offend you, cut it off because it's better for you to not have a hand and be saved than to have a hand and be lost 
Do you see the importance that Jesus put on saving people? Do you see the importance of what Jesus is saying about heaven or hell? I wish to God today that I could get through to you and make you understand that all these things that we worry about, worry, 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 worry. that's all we do. I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that. I wish I could be this, I wish I could go there. I wish I could have this. Well, let me tell you how to get all that. Delight yourself in the Lord. And he will give you the desires of your heart. Does anybody believe that scripture? You start living right. You start getting up every morning giving it to God. You start going to bed every night giving it to God. You start walking in a righteous path every day. You start telling God, God, I believe you. I love you. I'm your child. I'm here. for. I'm not just here on Sunday morning. I'm here with you Monday. I'm, I'm walking with you on Tuesday. I'm coming back for Wednesday. Hallelujah. I, I'm here because I love you. I'm here because I want to serve you. And when you start doing that, God will start raining blessings on you. You try that lifestyle. I'm telling you I'm a living witness of the blessings of God when I was a little bitty boy my daddy and my mama they taught me to take one of those little envelopes and every dollar I made brother Eric I put a dime in that envelope and I'm still doing it in 2018 you say I don't believe all that you believe what you want to I've covered everything today from ties to hell and I'm preaching to you this morning if you want to be right and you want to be saved and you want to get the blessings of God get on the path of the righteous and start walking every day with God and say Lord I refuse to die the second death so here's the result it's either life forever Or death in a lake of fire. I didn't intend to say all this, but here's what I will say to you. The lake of fire is not a place where you would like being in a house fire. House fires are horrible. Where the fire comes and the smoke chokes you and you pass out and your body's burned and life is gone. Wish I could tell you that's the way it is. It's not that way. Would you listen to me right now? Just give me a little music, brother. Toby, I'm, I'm coming to a close. I want to be very serious with you right now. Listen to me. Here's what the Bible said about hell. You ready? He said, it is eternal. You don't go burn up. You live forever. In hell, there is darkness and there's weeping and there's wailing and gnashing of teeth. It is a bottomless pit. So you fall forever. There's nothing stable. There's no door. 
There's no water. It is torture, screams, burning, agonizing forever. The scripture said, where the worm dieth not, and the fire is not quenched. You don't hear much preaching on hell anymore. You probably should preach about it more. But I just want to tell you, there is a hell. There really is a hell. And you got one or two choices. It's a no-brainer. It's a no-brainer. You ought to be willing to give everything you have in life to live forever with Jesus Christ. And I hear people, I've been doing this a long time, folks. I had a wonderful meal with Randy and Beverly McManus this week. Thank you, Randy and Beverly, for taking me that old dozy place. Wow. Feeding preacher a steak. Great is thy reward, brother. We were just talking about life, talking about things. I didn't tell them what I was preaching on today, but I, I really knew it in the back of my mind. Listen to me right now. I hear people say, well, I just can't give that up. I just can't quit doing that. I just can't lay that down to serve God. Something may have you bound. I don't care what it is. Just something may have you to where you can't, you feel that you can't let it go. I want everybody in this room to look at me right now. I want to tell you a very solemn statement. I want you to hear me real well. I love every one of you. I don't want you to go to hell. So I'm going to tell you this. You might as well give it up now. Because whatever you have you think is so important ain't going to hell with you. You will either give it up now or you will give it up later because it ain't going to hell with you. That's why when the Bible talked about Moses, it said he chose to endure the afflictions of the people of God rather to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. Oh, oh, there's some feel-good stuff out there. There's a lot of things that will make you happy out there for a period of time. There's a lot of fun out there. But I'm just wondering if it's worth living eternity without God. Shall we stand all over this room? I preach to you very solemn this morning. Oh, God. Oh, God. The final result. Thank you for inspiring me, Orcon. But listen to me today. A hundred years from now, it's not going to matter about all the stuff, all the things. Anything you can imagine not going to matter because you're going to be in eternity somewhere.
and you're going to be either dancing around the throne of God or you're going to be burning in a devil's hell. I didn't make that up. That's in the scripture. For the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Is there anybody here that wants eternal life today? You would rather have Jesus than this whole world. Whatever it takes, Lord, save us. Don't let us be lost. Erlene, I know that's an old song. Crystal, whoever, come sing that song. Who wants to join me at this altar today to be sure that we're taking care of final results? Come repent of your sins this morning. Let God baptize you with His Spirit this morning. There's an experience and a relationship with God for you right here today. For enough to say, Pastor, I've let that vision, I've let that vision of the final results slip out of my, out of my life. I want to get it back today. I want to see it again. I want to get an understanding of why we're here. Please pray for me. Please pray for me. Who in this building will lift your hand all over this room say, just please pray for me. Please pray for me. Please pray. 
Now let me tell you while we're standing here with our heads bowed and our eyes closed, here's the good news. Nobody in this room has to go to hell. Nobody in this room has to suffer the second day. God said, whosoever will, let him come. Let him come. Let him come. Whosoever will. He said, let him come. He said, I'll sup with you. I'll, I'll save you. He said, if you'll knock, I'll open. He said, just knock and I'll be there. I'll open. So, so today in this church, the crowd is short today, but the Holy Ghost is not. Jesus is in the house today. The presence of God is in this room this morning. I wonder, I wonder if we could just, for the next few minutes, open up the soul and let God know. I'm not talking about in a quiet whisper. I'm talking about crying unto the Lord while they sing. I wonder who just throw your hands up all over this room. And let's, let's ask God, save us, O oh Lord. Fill me with your spirit again. Rebaptize me in the Holy Ghost this morning. Oh, come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. Give God, give God a chance to do a work in your life this morning. I must be saved, Lord. Oh, whatever you have. Oh, come on. Lay your hand on somebody beside you today. Let's make it a family affair. Let's make it a friend affair. Let's make it a relationship with God affair. Let's do whatever it takes this morning to miss hell and to make heaven. I need all the prayer warriors around this altar praying with me right now. I need people that will lay hands on people. We need to have a prayer meeting right now. We need to have a good, genuine, Holy Ghost prayer meeting. We need for God to baptize us this morning. If you've been slack, you need a renewing of the Holy Ghost. If you just backed off, you need to come to Jesus again today. If you've never had the Holy Ghost in your life, God wants to feel you this morning. Come on, somebody help me pray. Somebody help me pray. I'm begging you today, help me pray. Lay hands on people, talk to them. Help oh, them, worship with them. The Holy Ghost is in this house today. The final results matter this morning. Don't let me be lost. For it's her.